Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another great podcast recording. And today, I've got the pleasure of having Lucy Dumas as my special guest. Lucy has been around for a long, long time. I'll get her to talk about that. But uh, how are you, Lucy? I'm super good. I've had a good, productive day and here in California well, you're just starting your day there in Australia, so. Yes, yes, we are. And uh, I've done a bit of research on you, Lucy, and there's nothing Uh-oh. bad I could find. It's all good. <laughs> uh, you live a very uh, simple life. You haven't been in any trouble or anything. And it, according to my research team, uh, Google, <laughs> you, you started your photography career in San Diego in 1982. Tell us about that start. Well, I shut down my mail program. I thought I shut down everything else, but okay. Well, it was the president giving you a call. Yeah, he can wait. He can wait, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I was working at the San Diego airport. I had a little currency exchange travel insurance booth that had been given to me as my own business. They'd shifted from uh, Mutual of Omaha owning it to independent contractors. And then 82, I don't know if you remember, it was a huge, you're probably too young to remember. Um, It was was a a bad year, was it? Big recession. Yeah. And so they uh, canceled my contract and I had already just become passionate about photography as a hobby and people kept saying you should do this and so suddenly I was without employment and I had a little money in the bank from from that business I was running and just started putting one foot in front of the other building a business experimenting (laughs) I photographed for a holistic health magazine where I'd photographed uh, people grinding wheatgrass and all kinds of crazy, crazy things. And then realized I loved children and I loved weddings. And I could see that it was a faster track to do weddings and easier to build a business. And so um, I focused on that. And I didn't realize until now as a coach that I'm really good at networking. I just made friends in the business and referred them a lot. And then they referred me and then I got intentional about that and began to cultivate great vendors in the wedding industry. I began to use like bridal shows, not just to attract brides, but to solidify relationships, give leads to other vendors. And so within a couple of years, I was full-time at weddings and then about 12 years later, burnout hit and I switched to being the baby whisperer in town and doing high-end portraits of kids and families and loved that all these years. And then about eight years ago, it was like something, a voice came down and said, oh, it's time to, uh, to coach officially because right. I've always been a person that wants to support other people and and then the podcast like you I have a podcast and you know so I've reinvented myself several times which keeps it interesting I think that's the key uh, to uh, sustain one's business life is to reinvent yourself and uh, mm-hmm. Those out there are starting business or even have been in business a few years. Uh, it's okay for a few years, but then you, you, you have to innovate and change and, and grow mm-hmm. in a different direction sometimes. So that's great. You've done that. And you've always had your studio from home? Always. Mm-hmm. Always? I you've like- never gone into a commercial space? No. I like the commute. and when I switch to children I have a rental apartment above my garage and so I use that as a studio now if I could do my career over again I might have 
rented that out as a rental and found a studio space that was a little bigger because the rooms were like 12 by 12 by 10. (laughs) So light stands had to sit on backgrounds and uh, I might have, I might have fallen more in love with studio photography, but as it is, I'm, I love natural light. I love going outdoors. So pretty much after my career evolved to where I was doing more older families than, you know, San Diego, we've got great weather almost every day with exceptions. And we've got beautiful locations. If, if you can work around all the other photographers in the same spot. (laughs) So, so, um, yeah. And I've always primarily done natural light because photographing kids having to deal with technology at the same time, I find that kind of an energy drain. So learning where to find light and great locations and backgrounds all at the same that are already there to me is easier. Excuse me, got a little tickle. Yeah, with the interesting, you started off in a small studio space. And I think a lot of photographers maybe it's a big sort of barrier for them because they read or they see in forums that you need a big studio, you need a selling space, you need a this, you need a that. And from my perspective, you don't. And you started off with having uh, a room 10 by 12 or something and you just got on, you just got on with it. Yeah. Well, when I started, started, I went to their house with a little little, uh, briefcase and album wedding albums and my little blue Volkswagen (laughs) and (laughs) I remember a day that I put those albums on top of my little blue Volkswagen to open the car and forgot (laughs) and drove up and a mile later it was like oh right (laughs) so yeah went to their homes and uh, then they came to mind when I got a bigger house and was able to set up a, a, a room but yeah, lots of people are highly successful working out of yeah, their homes. And, and uh, you're, it was sort of Aunt Lucy's house, right? Yeah, yes. I live in an older uh, part of town, historic district, and my house has a big front porch and it's blue and white, you know, clapboard, wood. And, you know, it's, it's not uh, stuffy and cobwebby like, those kinds of Aunt Lucy's, <laughs> but it's fun, creative, not yeah. perfect, not yeah. the sparkly, perfect, you know, but my ideal don't. clients yeah. are comfortable yeah. and happy to just work together. And it's interesting what I was reading up about you talking about, you, you sustained a business, a thriving uh, photography business with the ups and downs. Tell me about the mm-hmm. downs because that's something else a lot of photographers, when they start off, you've got to understand if you're going to sustain your business over a long period of time, there will be downs as well as ups. So what what sort of downs did you go through that you pulled through and worked through? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Over the course of my career, there's been six major recessions, including the big one in 2009. (laughs) And I looked at it as an opportunity to hone my craft, improve my branding, get better at everything with the extra time, market better. So when it came back around, there were a lot of people who lost their businesses and I was further along. So it's like, I take the time and I recommend to people that you take the time to improve so right. that then you're in a better position than you were before it started. And, um, and to like one of the, which one was this? Uh, anyway, one of the recessions, I used the time to get super organized with my own personal work and realized that I had come to that point in my career where whatever I set my mind to, I could accomplish. And my heart said I should do some photography for kids in some way. 
you know, for free to help All kids. Right. Yeah. And my heart kept saying foster kids, foster kids. And through a series of air quote coincidences, they were planning a calendar with the San Diego County adoption and how we found each other was perfect. And so I got to do some work for San Diego County adoption a couple of years mm-hmm. in a row that just, it opened up some of my photography because I didn't have an audience I had to sell to. I could just photograph the way I, I was passionate because I wanted those kids, I wanted people to see those photographs and see the souls of these kids. So I did black and white 35 millimeter, which at the time I was shooting with my Hasselblad in color mostly. And um, the biggest compliment was that many people cried when they looked at the calendar because they were touched by these beautiful children. So Mm -hmm. then doing that, because I'm sure, you know, you, you've done things that were, um, I'm just guessing things that came from your heart where you weren't expecting to get paid for it. You were doing it for other reasons, but still what happened was whatever it is, the universe, angels, coincidence, after doing those projects, my business took a bump and thrived and I attracted more high-end clients unrelated to the people that I met through the calendar. Just, you could call it serendipity. You could call it feeling better about myself, the background, I don't know, whatever it was. So yeah, it's not just using the time to um, stop worrying and get going, but think about what else you might do with that little extra time. Yeah, and it's always good to do those personal type projects, even if it's your own creative uh, you know, even to fulfill your, your creative need. Uh, right. Absolutely. And uh, if you can uh, better the community at the same time or do something good in the community or even help raise funds in the community, it, it makes it mm-hmm. all worthwhile. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of photographers have thoughts about doing things for free, but sometimes it's good to do things for free. Yeah. Yeah. It grows us. And it connects us to people and, and, you, and you never know. But, yeah. but within all this, throughout this journey, you know, you discovered that selling is your superpower. So you always had that superpower, uh, which most photographers wish they'd got. Probably. Right. Yeah. The ability to sell. Um, so tell us about that. Why you say you've got a, a superpower in selling. <laughs> So it's funny, I was just thinking about this today and the different jobs I've had. So first of all, my mom is a natural salesperson. Right. She used to sell jewelry at JCPenney's. And even 15 years later, the man after she moved, the manager was teaching how she sold uh, to get, she had the night shift, but the sales were in the morning and how she managed to get great, great, Orders. So I come by it honestly. Um, I worked in a children's store. I had that business selling insurance in the airport. Um, I'm somebody that I have that nature of if I think something's important, even if somebody doesn't want me to try to sell it to them, <laughs> like Don't still try. <laughs> like, you know, in the grocery store, if somebody's looking at something, I'll be like, oh my gosh, that is so good. Or have you tried this? So that's kind of my nature. And I'm also someone that's always trying to figure out a little better way to do things. Yeah. And I'm a person that educates myself. So between discovering that using a projector and selling wall portraits is like the fastest way to, to uh, make a living in this industry and I learned that, do you know who Charles Lewis is? Yes. Yeah. yeah so, very much. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a huge impact on my career, right. maybe 30 years ago when he was touring and teaching. And then I just kept always refining how I could do this better. And I discovered a couple of secret sauces that, that um, upped my wall portrait average 
from one or two to three to eight almost mm. every time. Fantastic. And um, yeah, and I love to I love to teach people how to do that. It, it is not rocket science. It's just a system. A system, yeah, about going into it. Yeah. So you you you've never had a fear of selling, so you're able to pass this on to your the, the photographers who you you coach. You mm -hmm. you may do you wave a magic wand over them and they suddenly have this superpower, or do you just sprinkle them with selling dust or something? Yeah, <laughs> a little of both. <laughs> a little of both. Yeah, it takes, a little of both. Takes a lot. Yeah, takes so, it all. Yes. <laughs> so we work on that inner fear, yeah. but then when they've got this, like, here's what you say on the phone. And it's not like a script that you just read, but here's how you conduct a phone. Here's the consultation. Now here's the system in the sales room. And the thing that's so lucky about what we sell, I think, Bernie, is we're just selling people themselves. Like our work doesn't even have to be that good, but it's of people that people love when you're doing portraits yeah. and weddings so it's it's easy to just show them a halfway decent photograph project projected big in a systematic way yeah. and then they buy without convincing yeah you know, planting planting yeah. some seeds early all of that helps but even i i could sit down with almost anybody's work and if they've got a fairly qualified client uh end up you know with thousands of dollars in sales and wall portraits of them going wow i didn't plan to invest this but i'm really glad that i did and it, with the change in technology and uh, with the advent of zoom sales i'm getting and uh, driving most of my clients now to doing their Are sales you? on zoom um what do you think of that with with the changing times like Zoom as as everyone's used to Zoom now? Most people, you know, work from home in front of a computer. Um, if you were talking to a, a new client, a photographer, um, what direction would you point them or would you say, try, test this and then test that and see which is best for you? Um. I teach them how to sell in person. Okay. And yep. the core of my program is people positioning themselves as the trusted advisor. And part of that includes being in charge of the environment, getting them to trust us and like us and feel like we care about them and having that personal um, connection. And an example, uh, last night I saw the play called Come From Away. Have you heard of that? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, it's it's about the, in Newfoundland, uh, it's a musical of what happened on 9-11. So I've seen that on television and I enjoyed it. But sitting there in the audience with right. human beings, yeah. three-dimensional, the vibration, yeah. the stomping on the ground, I was lifted to a place I, I'll never forget. And to me, that in person yep. for selling, you know, if, if I'm going to be selling a three to $10,000 order, when I can be with them. And also one of the things I do is I use a projector and I have boards cut in big sizes and I hold, um, when there's something that I think would make a great wall portrait at some point during the process, I'll get up out of my chair, I'll pull up a 30 by 40 or a 30, 30, I'll hold it up just an inch away from the screen. And people always go, oh, oh, because now they're seeing it ready right. to put in their home. And the power of that, when I've taught this in person, to photographers and I hold the board up they go oh I get it no, and now no. you know I was old school where I was doing the the slide proofing and yeah. so there wasn't any other option and there wasn't pro select which is great but when you take it to a physical tangible thing and are completely in charge of 
the environment and being able to have them see wall portraits and so forth, to me, that is very powerful. So, yeah. you know, I know it's working in other ways for people. Yeah. I'm a people person. So I want to be in person with people if I can. Yeah, that, that's great. And I mean, there are, there are more than one ways of, of, of doing it, of, of selling yeah. and, and uh, uh, whatever works for the individual and uh, brings the results. And that's one, certainly one right. thing I've learned that uh, people, uh, we're not all the same. And we, no. unfortunately, not everyone's like me and you, you know, perfect, uh, just not. <laughs> yeah. so are, are you i'm going to turn the tables and i have to say bernie it's so nice to be the interviewed and <laughs> not the interviewer for change because i've been uh yeah, yeah change doing mind when i start asking you the list of difficult questions i've got oh i can't wait for those um but so for you and the people that you're helping yeah using zoom are they still ordering three four five ten twenty thousand dollars yeah we're going a different direction um every photographer's needs is different but certainly we've been able to create a, a million dollar business with a client uh just sure. using zoom yeah and so it depends. Uh, the, the the point about it i think from my perspective is scalability and mm -hmm. I know a lot of photographers, when I talk to them, most photographers have too small a mind. They think too small. And I've, mm -hmm. my clients, this particular group have taught me, I was thinking too small as I mm -hmm. see them opening second studios and third studios and the possibility of four studios and more building a system that allows you to do that. So that means outsourcing a lot. Um, mm -hmm. but it does get a result and yes they have done i think the highest sale i know on zoom has been fourteen thousand. but there are regular high sales as well mm -hmm. so yeah so it all works it, it, it goes more to a volume type operation right um, and it is all about as you know the work before the preparation preparing the client or at least getting the right client Mm -hmm. Don't just drag the people right off one. the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, taking a uh, helicopter and dropping flyers yeah. everywhere in the city. No, yeah. No. I so one of my uh, coaching clients. I think you know Aaron Bonilla. Do you yes. know Aaron? Yes. Yes. So I I was her first, but she's someone that is always into education, yes. and she's built a multi-million dollar business yeah, yeah. with two locations yes. and she doesn't even have to go into work yeah ever if she doesn't want to and uh, you know that that was like she's astounded me because i've yeah right been yeah. more drawn to the the sort of artist based where like i never wanted to run a big business i wanted to be a personal service for photographers yeah. and so that meant working smarter, not harder per client. Yep. Um, you know, if I were to do my career over again, I don't know what I would do at this point, but yeah, I've been just like jaw dropped because I remember her first big sale where she's like, oh my gosh, I've paid for your coaching with two, two clients, but now yeah. like I should have gone on commission. <laughs> yeah, we all think that no not every time but she's yeah. you know but her strength is she has a passion for being an entrepreneur yeah. and then doing everything it takes to learn and grow and take risks and yeah the, the sort of difference in yeah. you know there are many different business models in photography um there's what she does which is very uh uh, staff intensive from what I know of her business mm -hmm. uh, having last time I looked when she opened the studio she spoke about 15 people or something mm -hmm. um, my model is totally different it doesn't rely on anybody except one photographer everything else is outsourced elsewhere okay right can be anywhere in the world right. really so mm -hmm. the retouching 
is done elsewhere. It's not an in. It's not a business that sort of um, has to be all in a place with people everywhere. There's no people. Mm-hmm. There's one photographer. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of the difference, and and that makes it for me more scalable, and um, just a different business model. Obviously, there's right, right, more than one way of uh, of doing this. I, I want to ask you some more questions about okay, the hard ones, huh? Yeah, the, well, we we work up towards the hard ones. Okay, like what was your first camera, and and what I guess if it was your first camera. Was that the moment that you said, I want to be a photographer or you felt some connection with the camera? So I'd always since junior high had some piece of junk camera. <laughs> and when I could afford to buy film and have it processed, you know, there'd be like <laughs> 12 shots and it'd take me six months because of, you know, it's expensive uh, yes, for a correct. kid. And I was always so frustrated because I would see something in my mind's eye and I wouldn't be able to get it in the, in the camera. Every now and then um, I did one photograph when I was uh, a camp counselor, there was a, a girl sitting now, what I know is in the perfect shade, natural light. And right. I did a portrait of her and I could still see it. And it was, it was so beautiful. And I know now why. Um, I also did a sunset picture of a friend of mine uh, on the cliffs uh, in the coast of California with her arms raised and the wind blowing and I put her in the right third and it's it's a beautiful photograph but so many times I you know with that camera there was limitations and I had an, a long distance boyfriend who we met uh, between Northern California and San Diego, we met in the middle and he had just purchased a Canon AE-1. And I was the one that figured out how to load the camera and how to set it on, I think, aperture priority. This and was 35 I took millimeter. Yeah. 35 millimeter, and I'm sure it was a 50 millimeter lens. And I took a few pictures with his camera. And when he sent me the photographs, it's like my heart exploded realizing that first of all, I can now afford a good camera and that that good camera is going to give me what I want. And so um, I purchased a Minolta XG7. That was my first official camera. Now I was the editor of my yearbook in high school. So I had many years of visual cultivation, layout, design, cropping, you know, so I already had a, like a well-fertilized field to, to begin with in the world of photography. I was always afraid of it though. The technology uh, seemed so daunting and I didn't realize my dad actually owned a Canon AE-1, but he never showed me how to use it. I don't think I was living at home when he bought it. So yeah, but it was like one of those God moments. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> thank you for sending this down from yes. the sky. Because yeah. um, I'd always been an artist at heart. I, I painted a little bit in high school. I took um, ceramics and all kinds of creative things, but it all seemed like work. And then when I got a camera, it was just like, uh, oh. I, I like that. I um. Because I've I've got no artistic uh, ability at all. I've never been. I lack everything artistic, and I don't. Huh. I'm not sure even where whether I'm a creative or not. But you know, I can't draw, can't paint, can't can take photos. And I suppose photography makes it does make it a bit easier to create. Or it's mm-hmm. the tool that you find that you feel you're creating whether you're creating or not, well, you're always creating because yes, you have to make a lot of decisions on, you know, the subject and where it is in the viewfinder and, and aperture and, and whatever you want to do with it, you can do with it. It's like, I suppose, like writing a book, you can decide who the characters are, what the names are. You, you're in control of the photograph with the camera. 
And I suppose for me, that's all that I liked it, that reason. And uh, maybe I found the tool to be creative because a brush was no good and a pen was no good. Right, right. Well, brushes and pens are like (laughs) that skill, not creativity. And that was my frustration. Although (laughs) I, I have two paintings that I did that now I look at it and I'm astounded at my ability to see color and there mix. You go. like I had like six artist. little tubes. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't have the patience. My sister paints. Right. And okay. to me, it's like, am I done yet? Because if I've got yeah. something I think is beautiful, you know, I want that now. So that's what I love yeah. about part yeah. of me. Yeah. Uh, well, well, that's it. That's uh, there must be something inside of every photographer. Although I've got a client who bought a camera to make money. Mm. Some, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people do. <laughs> I was already making money reason. running it. Yeah, yeah, I was already running a business, so it was the creative pursuit. And then I had in college, I had learned how to learn. You know, some people say, "Oh, college is a waste." Well, it grows our brains. Yeah. So do so do many other things, but yeah. I learned how to learn, which meant I got uh, mentors. I read. I did the thing. I got critiques. I joined associations. I went to workshops. You know, I did all the things that I learned how to do in college to uh, advance something that I was excited about, and I'm still yeah. learning yeah. constantly. And just getting back to the, uh, you know, your superpower and, and sales, which is always a, a big part of, of a photography business. Um, I know there's a photographer here in Australia and, uh, and uh, that used to go overseas and do a big sales. The biggest sale he told me he did was $100,000. And we love hearing these stories. Another one I heard, a $50,000 portrait sale. And I, I know there are, you know, a lot of, uh, numbers thrown out there but what was your biggest portrait sale 30,000 okay so that's a pretty good uh, I never achieved that I think my business biggest was about 15,000 but I did have a client mm-hmm. do a $23,000 one so mm-hmm. th- did that blow your mind to think that people would actually spend that much money on photographs at that point, actually, I felt like she got way too bit good of a deal. <laughs> yeah, you do have <laughs> a tendency to give a bit more if you start to see the money 000. for some reason. Yeah. You start yeah. to it, want to it's give more. Phil Mickelson, the golfer, yep. that uh, at a time he was number two in the world. It was his family, and I was their photographer for eight right. years. Right. Yeah. Uh, but. The first time I had a $20,000 sale, right. it was, I'd done this client's daughter's wedding and I'd done a, an event for their company and they never bargained. They always paid full price. They wanted the best of everything. So when I photographed her grandbabies um, and I did the in-person sales and you know went through the process, yeah. And she said, well, just total it up and let, let me know what it is. Because I knew, like, normally I teach people, get the money. Get the money, <laughs> before yeah. Before they get leave. The money, yeah. But in this case, I knew whatever I said, she was good for. Yeah. And Bernie, it took me two weeks to call her and tell her it was $20,000. Yeah. Because I had to sit with it. I'd walk around and say, Suzanne, uh, done the done the total <laughs> i like it um and it's it totals up to 20. 20 so suzanne yeah i figured this out and it's 20 like over and over for two weeks <laughs> because i was so afraid to say that right yeah. and i i would be like well maybe i should give her 20 percent discount and, yeah. and then i'd be yeah. like nope she always pays full price she's got a lot of money in her pocket so finally called her up hey suzanne you know, I figured out those figures. How are you doing? What's going on? Um, so we've got the, those 10 wall portraits and we're doing the book and this and that. Um, and the total on that is 20. And she's like, 
oh, okay. Do you want me to send you all of it or half right now? I said, which would you prefer? And she said, well, half would be good. And I said, that's great. And then I said, you know, what else is going on? And she said, I'm so excited. I'm flying to New York and somebody like Halston is designing a gown, you know, a gown for me that I'm going to buy uh, a painting from Picasso's daughter, Pablo Picasso. And I thought, wouldn't I have felt like the biggest idiot if I had discounted? Sure. Just uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm so sure stupid, these yeah. photographs are in a place of honor in her home, in her daughter's home. Now her granddaughter is and grandson. They probably have kids of their own. And that yeah. dress and that painting, I think she probably lost the painting in the divorce. <laughs> but she's got the yeah. so yeah, so that inner that inner game, I like to work with people on that about the receiving you're doing exercises and visualizations and yeah. having family members write them big checks and hand it to them and hug them and you know get that because really sales is starts with believing that what we're selling is super valuable and that the people need it I mean that's why I love wall portraits and portraits of people that people love because I know what it means to them years from now. Yeah. One of, one of my clients came, uh, she wanted to know if I had the negatives, if we could digitize them from 25 mm -hmm. years ago and make some prints so that her son could have a book as well. Um, and also uh, the album she had, uh, there used to be a company I used a lot where their books did not last. And so right. we had to replace some things. And she said, Lucy, in the 25 years since I met you, there is nothing I've spent money on that is as valuable as what I invested with you. These portraits were the best money I ever spent. Wow. And that's so that, that's, <laughs> well, but it's not about my work. It's about, first of all, creating that really nice experience for her. Um, but because even if a portrait's good, if you hated the photographer, yeah, you're not going to like that very much. But yeah, but, but I always hang on to that when I'm thinking, oh, I shouldn't, you know, selling, is it a bad thing? No. I know more than she did when she had a four-year-old, the value of what I was creating. Oh, yeah. And that, that's what I love. And that's why, that's why I love being on shows like yours, having you on mine. So if you, if you guys go to my podcast, you'll see Bernie on my show too, to help impact more people to realize that what we're doing is that, honestly, the most important thing that people can own after, you know, kids and health and pets and things that, that what we do is important. Yeah. When, it, when there's any disaster and someone loses their home, they always on the news say, the thing I miss most is that I've lost my photographs. Mm. And so that's where the sales, like that's the core is like, yeah. Holding on tightly to my commitment to do what I think is best for my clients. Yeah. And I think it's the job of um, the uh, photography community, uh, i.e. suppliers and photographers, et cetera, to push that forward. And, and uh, a way I thought of a couple of days ago was we've got to bring back that fact that um, people are moving back towards wall portraiture. Um, having gone through a pandemic, having spent uh, a lot of time together as a family, having spent uh, a lot of time uh, in their own home, that uh, probably a lot of people are realizing what the home lacks is some recent photographs of the family. Right. right. So right. now is now is the time to, uh, you know, to to do it and and get yeah. those photographs on the wall yeah. for yeah. future generations. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I feel, and I like to help people shift 
they're thinking is, well, so one of my goals is to just help as many people as possible sell printed work and not simply send off digital files. And to me, when if I were to photograph you and your family, Bernie, and send you files, let's say you weren't a photographer, the person that is the most served in that is me. Because I get the money yeah. and you get this raw material like, okay, what are you going to do with it? Is it going to be printed archival? Is it going to be printed right? Is the composition and the cropping and everything, are you going to be able to pick, pick the ones yeah. with the most impact? So I get the money in my pocket. Now, I also cheat myself about, sorry, cheat myself out of that incredible experience of being with people while they see the photographs and laugh and cry and hug me, even if it's a virtual hug, you know, if I have to do an online, but uh, like, that's my favorite part. So I'm cheating myself, but I'm serving myself because, yeah, it, you know, it's kind of focusing on, to me, yeah. I'm getting paid rather than full service. So that, that's yeah. my passion. I don't judge anybody that where that is what works for them, but I just like to open people's eyes to think yeah. about. Yeah, I, I can see that. You have to do the full service type of thing, the whole. Yeah. From beginning to, to end, to the yeah. end result. Plus it's really hard to make a good living getting paid for your digitals only. You have to work a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most people won't hand over fifteen twenty thousand $20,000 unless it's no, a business for digitals no for digitals yeah they want to see something they're not stupid yeah yeah, yeah. you have that's such a great, great smile bernie <laughs> that's great um lucy we've, we've we've yes we've come to the hard questions uh <gasps> okay. we've, we've been speaking for almost an hour now and there's a lot of great information there i'm sure to the photographers watching and listening to this Hope so. So I, I just want to put you under a little bit of pressure and ask you some quick questions um, just to finish off. Uh, what makes these questions difficult is that they are one answer. There's uh, one, one answer. One word, one word answer. Okay. And should you be fortunate to get everybody, uh, sorry, every question answered with one word? Um, then you get the privilege of meeting me at some point later on when I come in, in the States uh, and, and uh, buy me a drink. So that's Oh, a gosh, then I better, I better be careful. That's a great prize. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just a bit of fun to lighten things up a bit. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite alcoholic drink? Tequila. What animal are you afraid of? Many. <laughs> what sport do you tigers. play? Tigers. We'll just say tigers. What, what what sport do you play? Roller skating. And what's your favorite city in the world? San Diego. What, or Paris. What, what photographer's work do you love the best? Cartier-Bresson. If, if you could have dinner one-on-one -on -one with any person in the world, living or dead, who would it be? Abraham Lincoln. Favorite movie? <laughs> Harold and Maude. The favorite camera that you've ever owned? Hasselblad. Would you like to relive your life? Yes or no? Yes. Favorite food? Biscotti. <laughs> what are you allergic to? Sulfur drugs. Who would you like to be if you weren't you? Bernie. <laughs> if you hadn't been a photographer, what would you like to have been? I probably would have been a teacher. 
would have liked to have been a lounge singer or a stand-up comedian. What is your fate? What's your, what's your motivation to get you out of bed every morning? Just being alive, seeing what, how's that a one word? Uh, yeah. Well, or, great, great. You, or you, I've you, got a P. That's another one. Yeah, you obviously <laughs> failed the test. So I did. You won't get to meet me, unfortunately. Oh. And buy me a drink, but, <laughs> okay. but I really, I really appreciate your answers. I, I loved uh, where you um, wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I think you'd be fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I did such, take. Uh, sorry, you've got such a good presence about you. A, a fascinating sort of uh, presence that uh, if you were standing on stage telling jokes, I'd be rolling in the aisles laughing thank you <laughs> so i actually when i started um teaching in person at my my class that i taught to get my masters with ppa was on the stages of childhood right. and and what we can do so i called it abc's of photographing children so that the eight ways that we can prepare for a session with kids so it goes well so the needs of kids and how to address these eight needs and then the different stages of childhood and within that as i developed that i started making people laugh so i okay. i got the satisfaction of being on stage and making people Make laugh. People laugh yeah and so i didn't i didn't need to go on to like let's be a stand up comedian but i did take improv and uh and that was fun um but the real you know it's such an art that i realized my calling is photography and now and coaching and not comedy but yeah thank you maybe you could have uh, put the two together and, and rebrand yourself as the funny photographer yes good idea <laughs> I did make people laugh when um, I photographed one of my friends uh, and his family. And he was so surprised because he, you know, became a clown and he just didn't know that side of me. But yeah. when photographing, uh, you know, I pull out a side of me. Like my family was very funny. Uh, my grandparents, <laughs> my parents. So, you know, I come by that honestly, too. So but thank you. I like that. So how can people, how can photographers uh, get to you? Where do they go? You've got the podcast. What's that called? The Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. So you can find that on all of the places you listen. And also you can go to the ProfitablePhotographerPodcast.com. And you'll find it there. And you'll also find a way to connect with me. And so I have something I'd love to offer your audience if you're yeah, sure. open to it. So I, for the next little while, I have eight spots that I can um, invite the eight people that, this is this edited or do I need to say this perfectly right now? You have to say perfectly. Okay. Anyway, I've got eight opportunities to have you have a strategy session called create the business of your dreams strategy session so if you want an opportunity to get in on one of those it's a deep dive into your dreams and some of your challenges getting there and so you can just email me lucy with an i at lucydumas.com or you can message me on facebook to the my personal Lucy Dumas and um, yeah, so just jump on that if you like what you hear. Well, I'd love when to I explore. when I was doing my uh, my team was doing the research into you, I uh -huh. using Google. There's everything on Google there. You just search, search your name. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> not hard to find and. Uh, I think there were two, the first two pages were, you know, all, all, all about you. So 
people can find you there. And, and it's been a joy talking to you, Lucy. And uh, I'm here, Bernie. Yeah, I just want to see, I can visualize us both in the bar and I'm having a drink, which you've just paid for, but you're on stage, you're the comedy, um, <laughs> you know, attraction, and I'm just watching you and having a drink and it's, it's a great time. Right? <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, you, you belong in a movie. You, you've, you've just got a presence about you oh. that I love. It's great. Thank you. So you know the five love languages right i don't do think know i do no you don't oh so um it, i think it was originally written for people to have better marriages called the five love languages right. but it's also a really useful concept for our our businesses and one is touch one is acts of service and one is words of affirmation and I can't remember the other two, but words of affirmation are, are a big one for me. And so you just made me super happy giving those positive thoughts about oh, how great. you experience me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And that's why and the, we're all so oh, different. Hey? Yeah. And the way you can figure out somebody's love language is by watching what they do. So I'm assuming words of affirmation must be yours. So Bernie, I think you're amazing too. And you're, you're such a, such a nice guy with a lot of left, is it left brain, left brain skill. Like you've got to experience you as super organized, super clear. Does that make sense? Yeah. And at the same time, with an, a fun, warm, kind, friendly, smart personality. Well, thank you. Uh, we better get <laughs> off before we start uh, turning this into a love fest. <laughs> so I thank you. I'm all about love fest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thanks. Thanks, Lucy. And uh, look forward to catching you up with you again. And maybe in the future, we can do something purely on sales, and that would be really exciting. We can maybe relate our own experiences of ways of doing things and, and getting the best result. I love it. Yep. Okay. So thank you very much, and we'll catch up with you some other time. Thanks for having me.